Welcome to another episode of Bringing Down the Grindhouse, a podcast where we discuss horror in media. And tonight, the Spanish Inquisition, witches, paganism, feminism, all of these things coalesce into one. We're going to discuss that tonight with a special guest. Ooh. I'm Mitch. I'm Mer. I'm Justine. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Dorian, other, otherwise known as Danko Suvin from Dank Deluxe on Instagram. And of the uh, Benzo Rehab Dungeon. You see, uh, Mitch, I'm sorry to, to hit the ground running, but the most impressive thing to me about you <laughs> is, in fact, the. I've been trying to plug this episode on my other uh, events for quite a while, and I can't say the name of anything right ever. Ever. So trying to say bringing down the grindhouse. That's the best I've ever done it, and I still stumbled a little bit. I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit a of a tongue twister. You know, that's what happens when you've been doing this for almost two years now. You have <laughs> yeah. about 100 Over 100, yeah. recorded. Jeez. I mean, I've only fumbled one or two times. And we edited it out. <laughs> yeah, and that, that makes sense, though. <laughs> There's one I left in because it was funny after <laughs> we did the redo. You know, we actually, uh, sorry to have you guys pat me on the back, but I, I need that. <laughs> Um, we just hit our 50th episode. On, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hell yeah. Woo. Woo. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I will say that it is a very enjoyable podcast to listen to if you are super into like politics yes, and discussing yes, theory and the uh, plight of capitalism upon the uh, average human. Um, so yes, absolutely check out <coughs> Benza Rehab Dungeon. It's sick. <laughs> we haven't recorded in like three weeks. Yeah. I know. This feels weird. <laughs> oh, because oh, oh. someone. Yo, yo, don't look at me. Wasn't <laughs> <feeling very laughs> just everybody someone had everybody a dangerous turned. tummy ache. Oh, and then someone had a show to do. A show? Some people. Uh, yeah, we don't talk about that. We're not in a band. <laughs> we're not, we're not, not in a band. <laughs> Are you saying that you don't use this like one source of attention to fund and feed all of your other projects? He does not. You don't like force other things in your life down your listener's throat? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're we're really not we're not we're not like the uh, Spanish Inquisition here. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so uh, check out Doomslayer HQ on Instagram. I was oh. about to say <laughs> <laughs> because Smooth. I, am, I am not above that. And I would just like to let everyone know that though these things may have passed because this uh, podcast unlike my podcast edits because they care about you um, <laughs> we make minor yes edits, i so i edit okay. every single episode so so i do not know when this will come out but if it comes out before august 14th and 15th go check out foreign object object with a k on instagram because we are doing a memes and philosophy workshop where we will treat you to a seminar on how to make really shitty memes about philosophy that's correct that and you amazing. will love it and if you don't love it I can't help you, and there's nothing uh, for me to do. But yeah, for an object with a K on the 14th and 15th of August, 10 a.m. PST, uh, and uh, yeah, it's gonna suck. I'm just getting all the pitches out of the way at the beginning. <laughs> that's how you do it. Uh, that's yeah. how, as that's how irritating you as possible. <laughs> now we're gonna lose all of the listeners. They're just gonna um, keep pressing the 15. No, if they listen button. for a minute, yeah, it right? still counts. Shit, that's <laughs> what I do. I'm like, what's this fucking commercial? Brought to end? you by Bluetooth. No. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, I will save the rest of the pitches, and there will be more pitches for later. Yeah, we're going to cut into the middle of it and just make a fake commercial. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Justine. That's what I really... Hey, Murr. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I do. <laughs> Thank you. 
So motherfucking witches. <laughs> Bet I've been looking forward to this conversation. So it's going to be part history lesson. So we'll go through a bit of a timeline in case people are unfamiliar with how all of the witch hunting and heresy and all of the Inquisition began in the first place. We'll be trying to fill in some gaps for you. Also with things that it reminds us of in popular culture. Hopefully some insight into more modern times of what witchcraft has turned into as well. Yeah. And some personal insight. And some personal <laughs> insight and allusions and allegories. One thing that I think is going to be important as we go forward is just, this has been a theme on the other podcast. It's not just a, a pitch, but but it's been, it's been a theme in my life and a theme in everything that I've been talking about. But we need to remember that people in history are not fucking stupid. We have not gotten smarter. We've gotten more informed. They were not stupid in the Middle Ages. And so when you're looking at things like the witch trials, it's not just because everyone was a dumbass. It's because of something that could still be applicable now. These were calculated purges. And that's something that's important to know, I think. Also makes it a little more fucked up. Right. <laughs> yeah, it kind of makes it a little worse. And horrifying. Yeah, and pretty horrifying because they're like, you know what? We've actually sat and had a meeting about this, and uh, we're gonna kill a lot of people. Okay, but to be fair, there are enough dumbasses to follow them for this to happen in the first place. <laughs> but here's here's something uh, that Ooh, I some notes. Love. Uh, he got the yeah, notes. I, I brought notes, guys. <laughs> Brussels papers. <laughs> At least someone Nerd. did. <laughs> but, but there was um, actually, I'm, I'm not even gonna check the notes because I know this happened multiple times. Uh, I can find you sources if you want, but um, the multiple witch trials began and ended simply off of essentially government subsidies. Like, people are doing these things, and many of them, it's not that they were so stupid that they believed that someone's stealing their penises while they were sleeping, which is <laughs> a genuine statement yeah. many, that was made by many people. Uh, for some reason, all this is based around sex, and we'll get into that. But but it's it's not just that everyone genuinely believed this, but when you produce a system where you literally get paid for selling your neighbor to the church, true, it's going to happen. And many of these witch trials, the thing that stopped it, because you know that might be an important thing to consider, and a lot of people just don't. They just think, oh my god, they finally realized how much blood was spilled, and they stopped doing it. No, uh, they no. still do it to this day. They still do it to this day. That's also true. Uh, and this also connects into colonialism, which is, you know, huge applicability there. Um, but the as soon as they they stopped essentially subsidizing witch trials, witch trials would just stop. Crazy. It's almost as if it's It's almost yeah. It's almost as if <laughs> yes. advancements in technology basically they don't really help the humanity progress forward. They just help them oppress them in different ways. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, <laughs> So extremely important um, is the idea that advancement um, actually kind of doesn't exist at all. Um, I mean, technological advancement, technological That's what I'm talking technological about. change, yeah. right? Exactly, and how the in a lot of ways, and I don't have notes on this. I wasn't expecting to have to talk about Foucault today. Yeah. Uh, sorry, <laughs> but um, but in so many ways, the cruelty that exists inside of the world hasn't lessened, but it's just become more nuanced. Uh, and so whereas we used to take people and burn them at the stake, we now have extremely complex ways of tormenting and controlling people 
their entire lives and then torture them and kill them behind closed doors. Damn. We're all nodding in agreement. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, re- it really is. It comes down to things like language, like how people discuss these issues as well. Uh, and it's like they're and they're not issues to the people discussing them and things like that. I mean, we're seeing that with, you know, like sexism from like the you know far right and stuff like that as well. Or the, you know, the subjugation of women in our society in general through either like tax breaks or birthing laws or, uh, you know, abortion laws, rather. Yes, some very complex bureaucracy. Yeah, it it really is that complex. It's almost like, like, like how do you even, you know, uh, coalesce all of this into one, into one thing to like, to, you know, stamp out the problem because the problem branches out. It's like they figured it out. They called them witches and then made a guide on how to kill them. Right. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's such an interesting point because I was wondering if I'd be able to bring this up at all. Uh, But that's, that's a perfect way in. So, before the witch trials really began in like the 14th century, which is where they primarily kind of uh, blew up, this we still had a concept of witches, right? Yeah. Um, but there's this really bizarre linguistic phenomena that happens in Rome, where rather than just having one word for witch, you have, I wrote some of them down, and I don't speak Latin, so I'm sorry. I understand some of it, but I'm going to mispronounce all the words. Uh, cantatrix. Precantatrix, Secerdos, Vates, Docta, Divina, Saga, Maga, uh, Venefica, Malefica, Lamia, Lupula, Trix, or sorry, Strix, or Striga, were all, and not not the, the ultimate list, but those were all terms used for witches of specific types in ancient Rome. And so they had essentially, what, what that implies to me, and I, I think this is, I have ground to stand on with this, but it implies that there is a social usage, right? Because if you end up cutting something into that many pieces, you allow it to be nuanced enough for you it, you to interact with it legibly, right? That there is a, a kind of linguistic legalism or pact where if you have a thousand words for something, it means that you are allowed to engage with it. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, it's nuanced, right? But as soon as you change something to just being malefica, uh, or, or eventually which, it, it's a good way to just say, well, everyone in this bucket is evil. It's essentially how like slurs appear, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was thinking. Generalizes a whole class system that's really existing within the witchcraft and magical communities that existed throughout time. Exactly, and so much of this stuff occurs uh, on purpose through literary sources, or, or not so much literary, though that is true, but, but literate sur- uh, sources. So whenever we have these witch trials, one of, the, uh, one of the things that will reliably occur is that these things begin with the literate classes. They don't start with the, that, that like totally uneducated neighbor guy. They start with a child conveniently saying something to someone from the clerical class or someone from another uh, kind of class of import and literacy who then divine some kind of document that then ends up being placed upon other people who are not literate, and the non-literate classes then go on to be things like witchfinders. Um, so it is invariably a genuine conspiracy produced by the bourgeoisie, if I'm allowed to call them that, which I am, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but upon the proletariat, using the proletariat to bring them more money. It's just another scam. 
very accurate. I feel like it's just the one of many scams that uh, the Catholic Church came up with to bring themselves more money to continue continue a crusade that began a long while ago. I mean, you can use the examples of like, you know, like early uh, women owning businesses and things like that. And then that, you know, and then suddenly they couldn't. Then also, yeah, all of a sudden <laughs> yeah. then you couldn't do there was that. These or rules that got about, put in place, you know, uh, usurping them from those positions and things like that. So. It, it it really is like this 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 crazy conspiracy thing that's just really tied yeah. to money. Or they the made like things. some sort of a, a fraternity where women were just not allowed, and then they created these class systems like um like if you're in the army or something where they're like there's no women here they're not allowed to be in this so why would they be in the in the hall to talk with us about these things right. and then it became an exclusionary the, thing. The demonology, right. sorry, totally uh, the demonology of like the term of like the witch, like it was basically used to like I mean the idea of a housewife was somewhat prevalent, but it was more pushed onto them once those systems were corrupted like that. So in 1530, about, there were approximately 75 guilds inside of the urban spaces of Western Europe. Guess how many of those included women? I'm going to go with zero. <laughs> Any other guesses? Two. Three. 30. 70. Oh, 70 shit. <laughs> included women. But then something, well, not but then, this is all a very slow transition. Mm -hmm. Some things occurred before that, which made it very hard to keep capital and keep power uh, in motion, right? And these things were things like the Little Ice Age, which is not a genuine ice age, but it is a huge, you know, uh, uh, downturn in temperature, a huge climate catastrophe that led to famines all over the place. We also had the Black Plague. We Uh, had some huge wars. And so what occurred was that suddenly the only surviving labor force becomes a labor force that is able to vouch for itself. It becomes a series of people that say, hey, if you want me to work in this fucking mill, you have to pay me and you have to pay me pretty well. And so suddenly labor power has power. Uh, And uh, that's not something that people in control of private property like. And so their response, of course, is to try to produce more labor power, right? And to produce more labor power, paradoxically, their choice, uh, and some of this was was conscious, and and the great majority of it wasn't, but was to control things like reproductive production, right? So you strip women out of the workforce so that their only job was to make 30 kids. Jesus. Fuck. Imagine having 30 kids. I mean, even even with oh, the uh, like it, it, with with that own like that subjugation that was just mentioned right there, <laughs> you also have like this like the idea that if you if you do this and you do it under the guise of like you know like religious fanaticism, you are also creating like you you're basically forcing them to create more people just like that essentially. This uh, sorry, this is completely off topic from witches, but it has to do with the persecution of the gays. If you always talk to like religious figures, they're always, and you tell them like, Oh, I'm like, you know, if it doesn't continue the means of reproduction, then they're not about it. The church always hates it. Are you going to masturbate? Don't do that. You can't get a baby from that. <laughs> it's true. You're going to do that in the butt. No, you can't get a baby from that. Stop. <laughs> if like, you, if they're not, that was a great if they're loophole. not, if they're not making another per a kid into the chair of the church, they don't <laughs> oh, want God. anything to fucking do with it. Exactly. That's no, that's, that's, that's great. Um, the, what, kind of what I want to do, I want to do a really quick exercise, but, you know, we brought up slurs, stereotypes, um, we brought up, you know, what, what becomes women's work, things like that, 
Um, but when you envision a witch, a stereotypical witch, what are the attributes of this person? They always have really grotesque faces, discolored skin, warts, big nose, scraggly hair, messed up teeth. Yeah, the, ugly. The, the popular media version of yeah. it. Stirring <laughs> the cauldron, riding past the moon upon a broomstick. <laughs> yes. Every now and again, though, they're really hot. The big ass. <laughs> yeah, they're me- they're yeah, meant to be course. like seduce. Oh. They're meant to seduce you. Yeah, like in The Witch. Yeah, when, like, yeah, you know, the they kid. take on some form or like it even happens in like, it's not necessarily a witch, but like in um, Game of Thrones, she's ugly looking, but she actually puts on the persona of somebody who's really attractive and then they don't realize it until like it kind of drops. Right. And what, what, what else do they do? Ooh. Eat babies. <laughs> Dance naked under the moonlight. I mean, that's kind of accurate. Make potions and <laughs> yeah. brews and bubbles. Yeah, they, they usually will help somebody gain some power, but usually at some sort of cost. Or they're just fucking shit up for funsies. Yeah, or they're yeah. just, yeah, really, they're just kind of <laughs> They live in a cottage up. on the outside of town. Yeah. What if I told you, in a way that I promise isn't problematic, <laughs> is that all of these things just describe certain types of women? Yeah, at some point, it, uh, I think it took one feature attribute and then exaggerated it to exactly. an extreme. Yeah. So when we talk about, like, a... a a horrible complexion with warts and things like that. We're simply talking about old women who are holding on to property that you want to take said property from. Yes. Who don't have, who don't have children, yeah. who don't have someone else controlling their means. When we're talking about riding around on broomsticks and stirring cauldrons, like how far from like women's work, quote unquote, is that? That's right. like, that's just a parody of that. Killing babies, eating babies, uh, using potions as, um, uh, performance for abortion or birth control which is very common having a garden even could be used as a way of uh accusing someone of witchcraft right yeah. just having the herbs and stuff to right. naturally Ooh, heal and yourself. in a lot of cases these women were also like the medicine woman of the exactly. villages yes. they had a lot of knowledge pertaining to health and wealth and all that things good they stuff. did not understand themselves yep. in, in, yeah. in fact in the 16th century it was actually very very common for women to even work in the cities as right. medicine people Right, as doctors, things of the so sort. So you'd go visit them wherever um, they were living at. Yeah. Right, uh, but re- once they were forced out of you know the urban workplaces, which was also a kind of a space of panic, we have to keep people out of this kind of urban sprawl uh, because we need to keep the farms and shit alive. You end up accusing women of uh, of being witches, and so they get forced out of the workplace because they can only make kids. And then, upon moving home and continuing the same work that they did elsewhere, simply because their garden is at home, and they mix their, you know, their their medicine essentially in the home, it becomes witchcraft instead of medicine. That's the only change. Um, I mean, if it. Really, if you think about medicine largely uh, up until a certain point, and maybe even now, it is indiscernible from witchcraft. Leeches and shit? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, do you know how George Washington died? I don't, actually. They bled him to death. Oh, I cool. did not they know that. They gradually bled him to death because he was, like, you know, woozy. Mm-hmm. And then uh, here's a crazy thing that happens when you lose blood. You get woozy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, well, like, I had no idea. Um, I wanted to mention that around that time that you were talking about that with the persecution of like older women hag used to be a good term uh back in the day it used to basically if a woman was old enough of age and she was uh, a hag it basically meant that she lived a long life she has a lot of experience and maturity she could help the younger generation and like you said as soon as that like they demonize it because 
famines are happening, plagues are happening. Right. And for some reason, that hag all the way over there on the other side of town in her little cottage, she seems to be per- doing perfectly fine because she's self-sufficient. Right. And yeah. she's holding on to money that could belong to someone else. Uh, and and uh, I, I know that at least one person here could answer the question, uh, but Wicca has a certain symbol with moon. Yeah. What do those mean? The triple moon. What so does it mean? the triple moon is a representation of the stages of life, essentially. So the first one is representative of the maiden, which is like youth. After that, you have the mother. So she's in her middle age, maturity, able to bear children. And then the final one is the crone, the old lady. So what you actually mean is prostitutes, hags that are holding on to my money, and then the women that I'm okay with. Pretty much. Right. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that, really yeah, that's point. that's what they got people to believe in at that time. Because prior to it, you had the the regular belief of what most people were doing at that time, which is completely normal. And then at some point, they're like, "We kind of need some stuff from these people." So, especially these women who are kind of hanging on to this stuff, and then they started creating alternate views of what you might see. The same way that they did it to younger women, where they're like this. Like guys who couldn't keep control of themselves and keep it in their pants. They're like, she's obviously too hot. She's a witch. <laughs> and like had to put in some sort of weird twist on it because they couldn't help themselves. And then chances are they'd probably do something terrible and rape them and then tell them that they were a witch and then send them to the witch trial so they die and nobody ever finds out. So like things like that would happen. And also so they don't get in trouble with their actual wife. Yeah, also so their wife doesn't kill <laughs> them. <laughs> Like, she cursed me. I swear I didn't do it. Yeah, right. So it's like this is like the precursor to basically blaming the women for things that they were doing for the actions of whatever anyone else did to them. So can't it's have like, a garden. Yeah, yeah you know. You can't, can't hang, hang out with cats. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these, a lot of these, like, uh, I guess your, I guess, like, like, ancient cultures and whatnot didn't harm, like, outside of, outside of, like, you know, where the Maleficarum comes from and all of that didn't harbor, necessarily harbor these ideas as strongly, I would say, to a certain extent. Because they were like, they were like, oh, you you have skills at doing things. We need to survive. You have skills to do the thing. Awesome. We're gonna respect the living fuck out of you because you can do the thing that we cannot. You know, and so it it not it's... to mention they literally bring life into the world. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, that, that's also like that, that's also yeah. a really big, like a really important point as well. So you know, you'd have that. So it's very interesting to see that like that that huge difference of just like complete disregard for all of these ideas, and instead just you know we'll use this book to like burn the weird ones at the stake so this so is it my understanding that it was actually something that was written and published like this is a real book you could have gotten at that time the hammer of witches okay because i thought maybe it might be like some separate writings that were like eventually collected but like this is a legit guide you could have gotten at the time i i definitely did my research on this one because it was a documentary i saw but they basically this man uh I'm trying to remember his name. Here there it is. Two of them. There was ah, Heinrich yes. Kramer. Yep, is he's the like one that I'm Kramer. With. Yeah. He's so fucking funny. The main <laughs> one. Uh, Heinrich Kramer is like primarily like uh, credited, but he was a churchgoer, a church guy. He would basically have sermons back into like the 1400s in what is now present day Germany. Eventually, he would notice that a group of women would not attend these, and instead they would hang out with each other and basically just talk shit about him. Love and it. They would like drink wine. Love they would dance with each other. They would sometimes cheat on their husbands with each other. Yes. So he kind of felt of like it. he kind of no. felt, I think personally, a little jealous and a little pissed <laughs> oh my off. God, they want to go to his sermon. So if, yeah. if you read through this text, it is um, this man is 
preoccupied with sex in a funny way and <laughs> both sex and gender uh right but of, of course at that point in time it seems at least in this area of the world indistinguishable uh from certain people's eyes um and now i guess uh but um kramer so he actually succeeded in starting a witch trial um before he wrote this book i believe yes correct um and so this trial was in innsbruck and the woman was uh, helena uh, schubrin nice um and so this witch trial was going fine but eventually he got kicked off of it and then the witch trial was suspended the pope didn't want him there the pope didn't want him there and the reason that I've seen given for why it was suspended and he was kicked off is because he was so weirdly obsessed with Helena's sexuality. Ooh. He just could not stop fucking talking about this woman fucking. Uh, and so he got kicked out and then he wrote this incel book about how women <laughs> yes. having sex is bad. Uh, oh and my whenever God. you fuck, it's for the devil unless you're fucking specifically for Christ. So uh, fuck it and for thereby Jesus. him. Yeah. Right. So this is my favorite part of this entire story. Uh, everyone's like, you wrote this book and it's basically made to prosecute people. What's your source? And he literally goes, fucking God and points to the Bible and brings up verses from the Bible that persecute oh witches. Oh my God. I mean, is, is that weird though? It's, uh, no, I, I, I find it, I find it funny. Like what's your source? Divine life. <laughs> <laughs> like, just pointing to the Bible and just like, that's my fucking source. It's oh on brand. God. is what right. we're trying to say here. And, yeah, and the, the, the best part about it is, so here's Henry Kramer. He's fucking backed by God in parentheses. And then he makes a clause in the book that says, if you are to save witch, a witch like this or keep them away from the church, you and yourself are the problem. If you're not with us, you're against us, basically. Ah, yes. So, reading reading parts of that book, it's fucked up. It is. There's yeah. certain moments of it or of, that I'm reading through it. I'm like, wait, you said that if they, if they do this thing, then immediately they're a witch. I'm like, but why are you so concerned? with certain things that are happening like this. And it's, it, you just like, wow, he really sat there and was like obsessed with not only women's bodies, but like what the fuck they were doing on their right. free time. And so, so pulling this back a little bit, but, but, but also kind of continuing with it, Mitch mentioned the fact that we didn't have the, the, the same type of obsessions in previous periods in history. Um, and I, I largely agree with that. Right. So, but but I think it's interesting to try to sort out why, apart from this strange like new eruption of you know capital uh, uh, performing enclosure upon the commons, and you know the whole this this entire system changing, um, and the Black Death and the Little Ice Age, and there's more to it than that. Surprise! Um, but when you looked at witches or oracles or whatnot in Greece and Rome, these are in fact people oftentimes that. I mean, sometimes they're baddies, just like anyone yeah. is, but, uh, or there are specific types of witches that are bad, like I said before. But um, an oracle exists to tell you about fate. Right. right? It wasn't necessarily an inherently bad thing. And what's really interesting to me about this, and this, is, this ultimately goes back to pretty much every academic piece that I've ever done, so I'm obsessed with this question, but there's a certain point in history or in perception, because this, this applies all over the place and becomes ambiguous everywhere. When are when does an oracle or a witch, we'll just call them all witches, when does a witch cause something to happen through a curse, and when is it a prophecy? 
most likely when it benefits or does not benefit someone. Well, that's just I think. the curse or a blessing. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. a prophecy can still say you're going to fuck your mom and kill your dad. And that's <laughs> not good for anyone. Ooh. Right? So, because yeah. that's the most famous uh, instance of prophecy, I, I, I think, in like Greek legend, is Oedipus. Um, yeah. And so there, there's something that ends up changing when it comes to the way that we view causality. So there was this entire period, because I think the gods were included in it, where everyone is subject to fate. And so Zeus is subject to fate, and you know everyone is fucking subject to fate. You just have to deal with it, and you can fight against it, but then the, these three women, again, uh, yeah. will decide whether or not— who are defended by three women, uh, and all these women, uh, but will decide whether or not this is going to work out. Um, and it never does. But later on, when God— removes himself from causality when god is omnipotent and omnipresent uh he ends up deciding that everything is predestined right necessarily and that produces a really weird question because suddenly he is responsible it's that question that every like 15 year old atheist end up, ends up asking where okay so if god is all powerful and he allows good bad to happen then he's bad and yada 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 so why do bad things happen and the Protestants have a really interesting answer for that as part of their whole sola fide, sola gratia uh, uh, kind of setup, where they say, if you go to heaven, that's part of God's plan. If you don't go to heaven, that's because you were allowed free will and you wove yourself down there. So the world is predestined and God has power over everything, except for when you choose to take his power away or avoid his power, walk away from his power. And there's a whole very complicated medieval legacy of making sense of that, which would take hours to describe. And it's really interesting, but also at the same time kind of eye-rolling, right? Uh, and it all comes from Aristotle. Surprise. Uh, <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> That's, but, my boy. That's my boy. <laughs> That's my, no, who's the, but, who's the guy who said, uh, there's nowhere to spit in a rich man's house except in Diogenes his face. Diogenes of Sinope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's, That's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> my boy. Also, when Alexander the Great came to him and uh, announced himself, he said, get out of my son. Uh, <laughs> this is also what I said to my... Never mind. Uh, <laughs> but but the reason i bring up that whole really kind of boring monotonous rant is because when it comes to witches witches can't have control of the world right right a witch can't be cursing us A, a witch's performance has to either be a prophetic um uh, estimation of what's about to occur and we can't say that because they always have to be bad um, or it can be a curse, but only if they have made a pact with the devil in order to function through people and other people in order to allow something to occur. So even if the devil doesn't exist, and even if witches don't exist, witches can still do bad because they have chosen to do bad because they have decided to look away from God. <laughs> it's this bizarre thing. And so when... The reason I bring all this up is because Murr ended up mentioning that, you know, if you're fr- if you're defending a witch or if you're not helping us out, you're against us. And yeah. It's because you become part of this network of people facing away from God. Oh, gotcha. Which is also what you're seeing in Dante and stuff, which is literally the f- further into hell. The reason it's a cone that reaches down is because the further in hell you are, the more distant you are from God. Yeah. Literally. And so people think this way. <laughs> yeah. There was a great uh, documentary from the 1920s called Haxon, Witchcraft I've Through the Ages. I've heard of this. 
if you check it out, it basically shows you what the belief in was for some of these people to identify witches as well as like some like testimonial things like, oh, yes, for you to actually be able to curse and do that stuff, you have to kiss the ass of the devil. <laughs> That's funny. I like that any mention of people who made deals with the devil because it seems to be like kind of rare and far in between that they actually made a legitimate deal with the devil. And most of the time they almost always get something rad. And then they, <laughs> and then they end yeah. up like only, you know, having to do certain things or, or they're like, yeah, I'll give you my soul or something like that. But it's always mentioned on like really precise moments. And that's like the turning point for most people to be like, well, they made a deal with the devil. So everyone else can do it. And they're like, well, no one else has really done it. So then you get these weird conversations of like, well, what do they actually do? But I feel like I would offer that. I think there was probably a large change in mindset towards how people felt about witchcraft because uh, it came down to whether or not people had faith in a certain thing or not. And so in some ways, I think a lot of people had a uh, faith in God and that was all they needed. And so then they had these things were like, well, God told me to do this, so let's do it. And so then that was sort of like the general thing, maybe a little more simplified, but still they were able to kind of come together under this one thing and be able to prosecute evil, which made them feel better about anything that they might be doing. Right. No, that's, that's great. And so if, if we think back to the last episode that I was on here for with Roku's <laughs> Basilisk, that whole paradox where yeah. it's like playing the game where as soon as you think about the game, you lose the game. <laughs> that, that was also occurring for people in the witch trials. Yes. So during the, was it the, the Tria? Yeah, the, the Tria trials in the like late 16th century, uh, which is one of the worst ones, like a thousand people died. Um, what percentage of these people do you think were in the higher classes? Oh, fucking I feel like, none. Yeah, I don't think it was a whole lot. What era are we talking about again? 1680. I would, I would think actually there might be a lot more than we think, to be yeah. honest, because if you're talking about like the subjugation of well, an entire I think actually, if they, yeah. they probably did it more privately, I would say, yeah. than anything else, then they got someone else to do. I mean, like were that. there women in positions of power in that area? Absolutely. And would they, so, okay, aristocratic yeah, family. So yeah, that's if they it. were trying to demean and like decentralize the powers of the aristocratic families, then yes. Or like, or like situations like, oh, she's gonna get like inheritance from this. What if we just yeah, that's say that she's a witch, and then she's removed from the equation? And yeah, then, yeah, yeah, because you know, dad is old and he's gonna die, and she'll become queen. So I. I would say generally that, and I will answer your question, <laughs> but, but there are three different reasons to accuse someone of witchcraft, right? Number one, uh, because you are a child and a little girl pissed you off, which seems to happen a lot, uh, and that's really yeah. scary. Yeah, that d um, that's like a lot of the cases where they're like, they did something to piss off this person. They're extremely like, Extremely well, common. We'll go over a few of those. Uh, but little boys getting pissed off about a little girl yeah. and starting a witch trial. Holy shit. Um, the second of which is that you've just done something kind of weird, uh, like, I don't know, raping someone or making someone feel uncomfortable and then have to accuse them of something weird, like being a sex monster witch. Uh, or there is an old hag or your sister or aunt or something who like has money that they shouldn't have and you want to get it. Uh, and that one actually seems to be the bulk of them. Um, uh, I mean, eventually children are used as tools in these witch findings uh, where it's just like, hey, little boy, who do you think's a witch? And yeah. they say, actually, I don't know of any witches. And then you put them under ice water for a while. And they're like, I don't know, everyone's a witch. Uh. <laughs> oh, no. I shouldn't be uh, laughing, real but that's story. literally what happened. Oh, yeah. there are, there's worse shit, too. But but so 30% of the people killed in the Tria trials were from the aristocracy. Yeah. Um, which, especially if you consider the fact that 
the aristocracy, uh, I'm going to pronounce it in like four different ways, <laughs> um, that the majority of these people are probably still men because that includes things like clergy, that if we were to estimate the ratios uh, and kind of adjust them for the fact that there's a higher ratio of men to women in these kind of spaces, that the likelihood of you being accused of being a witch and being in a place of power uh, as a woman is extraordinarily high, I would say. Uh, I mean, 30% is, always very, uh, is already very high, but mm -hmm. I would be comfortable saying it's at least 50 uh, in the uh, aristocracy, which also less, less aristocrats, right? Or fewer right. of them. And so less competition. extremely common. Less competition, yep. less people yeah. to knock off. Also, you know, just with the law of averages, if there's less of you and then, you know, what happens to 50% yeah. of you. I feel like this sort of conveniently fell on their lap at that time period, too, where they're just yeah. like, oh, what, we can use this system to get rid of certain people. And exactly. you made a exactly. book and we could publish this. That's what I'm saying, too. <laughs> and I think at some point the church was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't support this. We support this. But, right. we, you know, uh... what's, don't do that in public everywhere just kind of figure it out like do it in certain areas right they so, support if it's beneficial to them yeah so like right. of course they totally supported it because they want to control power in certain regions actually, but so they couldn't many, publicly say it though right well actually so many of the witch trials occurred uh and kind of popped up in locations simply because uh there was a trial or rumor yeah. of a trial somewhere and then some local priest ended up talking about the witch trials as a way to be like and don't y'all be bad. Yeah. And that just causes a witch trial to occur there. Yeah. Because people are like, oh, witches exist. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty much. Yeah, exactly. But, but Tria is, is one of the examples of the locations where it did stop when the church stopped incentivizing it. Yeah. So exactly. it, it started with them saying, we'll give you 40% of the property. I, I'm making up that number. I don't know what yeah. that was. But we'll, we'll give you a portion of this person's property if they're a witch. And yeah. It's like, then fucking everyone I know yeah, is a witch. Yeah, exactly. They're like, yes, I'm that definitely going to bring people. That looked at me weird, she's yeah. a witch. <laughs> Jeez. That one lady that denied me, yeah, she's a witch too. Right. Everyone you've ever cheated on your wife with is a witch suddenly. <laughs> oh Two God. birds, one stone, easily done. I saw that uh, such and such didn't go to church yesterday. Right. What a witch. Witch. <laughs> <laughs> We've even had now in popular media a few different versions of what may have happened or probably not as extreme, but you have like variations on what's happening. You even have a, uh, it's not necessarily witches, but like control of the women and like their, whether or not they can have kids in, in The Handmaiden's Tale. And you have like, they did make a movie about um, certain pieces of the witch trial and then the books and all that, they're like the crucible we've brought up before. Where so it's like, you have all of these things that came together. Interesting thing about, because we have... Uh, off the top of my head, right right now, we've got Hereditary, which deals with which deals with yes. that. We've got we've got the Witch, which also yeah. deals with this, and then we've also got the Crucible. Um, all of those, just like like Dorian was mentioning, involve children in some way, or those children being being a like a, I guess a a part of the accusations, right, and things like that. So they and they listen to the children a lot when it comes to those things. At least that's how yeah. the movies portray. Well, they it, have this uh, they have this idea far. that in many ways any children that are going to say something about someone, they're supposed to be this like unfiltered truth because they're not meant to have this prejudice as a child, but they are getting it because there's certain people who are telling them certain things. So yeah. it's like they're obviously going to push someone a certain way, right. and it's then everyone believes them. Hey, little Jimmy, I'll give you three quarters yeah. if you say this about this Do you this know person? how easy oh. it is to get a kid to do something like that? Like, just to say, yes, oh, yeah. this person did something like that with, I don't know, fucking candy or whatever. Right. It'd be super easy to do something like that. So they, they caught on to that quick and were like, yeah, we're going to fucking get all these people to get accused of something. It, it gets messy. Easy. It gets messy when the familiars are brought in, too, because, you know, you, 
typically familiars for witches are like frogs, cats, dogs, I mean, even birds, dogs, birds. Yeah. So even just having a pet could yeah, get you a black hat, a fucking yeah. fire. <laughs> having, having butterflies around you. I'm not kidding. So just just the, hanging out around the etymology of butterfly. Uh, and I forget the Dutch word, and I've already butchered Latin, so I'll, I'll save you guys. It's fine. <laughs> you guys already have to hear me, like, overpronounce trieu. Uh, but, um, <laughs> I don't speak French either. I just like a lot of French philosophy. Um, but um, the, the Dutch word for butterfly is something that essentially translates to butter shit. <laughs> cool. Uh, right? And the reason for that is because butterflies were believed to be the familiars of witches. Uh, either uh, familiars cast by witches or familiars that, that were themselves witches. And huh. so one way or another, butterflies, they thought, were witches. Because butterflies would come into your home <laughs> and they would think that they would drink your butter. Because, oh my God. Because their poop looks like butter. Apparently, it's like a white, off-white substance. Cool. In fact, butterflies don't drink butter. Uh, it just looks like they poop it, and so all of these weird assumptions come together, and that's why they're butterflies because butter shit was a little weird to say, <laughs> and so it became butterfly because it's a flying shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, oh my god! And so even butterflies could could be could be witch familiars. Uh, it's a bizarre thing. Just squish yeah. every butterfly you see. Well, Bates very, on sight. That's very interesting because <laughs> I know in like in like popular Japanese culture, if there is a, a flurry of blo- butterflies that are yellow, it's basically meant to signify uh, signify that a war is coming. So even then, like thinking back with this like allusion to like witches, it just it sounds interesting to hear like different uh, I don't know ideas from around the world at this time because there's so many persecutions around the world like and also we have we haven't even touched on the stuff that's happened in africa with mm. like voodoo and such like that yeah or in the americas where like the stuff from the crucible happened but it's a very interesting thing to see how the narrative is shifted through geography yeah there seems to be very specific reasons as to why it sort of uh came to be and why people were prosecuted in different areas of the world Roughly the same idea, but it was slightly different wherever you were at. And I would say in a lot of colonized areas, this sort of witchcraft was demonized in order to sort of marginalize the indigenous people of the area. Basically anything that wasn't whatever the the colonists are bringing over was witchcraft to them. And Mm -hmm. so their own culture that they had existed in for thousands of years was suddenly witchcraft. And then they got prosecuted for that. Is that that why white people don't use seasoning still? (laughs) (laughs) That is. is. There's a couple reasons for that. But definitely. They sure as fuck didn't bring it over. (laughs) I have an allergy to pepper. (laughs) No, honestly though, seasoning is definitely related to witchcraft in a lot of ways because these herbs that are used commonly and witchcraft are also used on food oh like half the shit i use in spell work or anything like that i get from my fucking cabinet nice (laughs) yeah i do have a little box of special ones (laughs) i i like practicing hoodoo i think that stuff's i don't think you can (laughs) what hoodoo yeah hoodoo h-o-o-d-o oh i don't know about that per my uh understanding hoodoo (laughs) is the uh it's what we usually think of in popular culture as being voodoo yeah. Right. Hoodoo is a little different. Yeah, hoodoo um, actually is where you have uh, things like curses involved, whereas voodoo is uh, more of just like a, a version of saint worship, but what by different names? Well, voodoo is sort of like by, by saint names. No, that's Santeria. Like a, They're all kind of blending together. A necromancy sort of thing in that Isn't voodoo that is hoodoo where you're sort of channeling ancestors. It's ancestral work. Oh, right, right, right. 
Yeah, yeah the saint based one you're mentioning is Santeria, which is like yeah. Latin America middle. Noticing like, those America things, area. how like they'd write certain names on stuff, put it in the ground, that kind of stuff. Just mm-hmm. like that very grassroots style of just making stuff work. Trying to get the durations too. You got to do it several times a day if you're trying to make it work fast. Yeah, you got to feed it energy. Yep. Segway. we we need to go back and revisit the timeline so after Uh, the book is published what happens next well something that kind of blows my mind because we're we're, we're talking about like the new world and uh involvement when it comes like the slave trade and uh and colonialism it blows my mind maybe this works better in people's heads uh, because their timelines work better but in the 1500s we had witch trials happening in europe right we had a slave trade in the New World for like 150 years before that. Yeah. Like, this is shit that's already occurring. Things to That, to me, doesn't seem to align well. And I it's and nuts. I agree. I'm just like, wait, these all were happening at the same time. I usually like to think of them as happening, like, right next to each other, like, back right. to back. But it's not. There's a lot of things happening and overlapping. The and this that, is one of them. <laughs> right. Yeah. The thing that blows my fucking mind is that... Shakespeare was writing his plays while we were in the Americas. We as in the genocidal white people. Yes. (laughs) Not me. Crazy. (laughs) Crazy to me. Um, The overlap. Right. Um, But but one one, one of the big things about this, to bring it back into something linguistic, is that there are like three words that are really used for people that could be killed in something like an Inquisition. There was pagans, heathens, and heretics. And all of these etymologically connect to location, more or less. And the location is something that's kind of metaphorical. So when we have heretics, a heretic is mostly what you're going to kill in a witch trial. Because they are, but not exclusively. There's someone that lives as your neighbor, and they say something against your general belief, but seem to carry a lot of what you also believe. It's like, yeah, I believe in Jesus, but the world might be round. Isn't that fucking crazy? <laughs> Which, and, 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 and the reason that you see so many people who are heretics and witches that are, that are killed is because... It's just it's more convenient to be killing people within your kind of oh, neighborhood, yeah. right? And if they believe in this kind of stuff, it's a lot easier to like build up the drama in the courtroom, things like that. Oh yeah, that's exactly it's what like, they were doing. No, I love yeah. God. I would never touch Satan. Instead of like Satan's not real. Fuck you. I had to look yeah. it up, but so I was like, I'm pretty sure this was when like people like Pizarro from mm. from Spain went to the Incas and just fucking massacred a yeah, whole what, bunch of people. What year was that? That was 1532. Right, and Columbus was like 14. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so you're just like, oh, fuck, there's all these things happening at the Crazy. same time. So like, while this is happening in Europe, there's genocide happening in Latin America because of colonialism. Right. And so like, you have several things happening all at once, including like the slave trade. So you just had all these bad things yeah. happening all at once and they kind of get overlooked because you're focusing on one way and then another way. And right. then who ends up writing it anyway? The people who were usually in charge are writing these exactly. histories. And so if get, anyone yeah. else wrote about it, it was burned. You get a lot of missing. Right. And another crazy thing about it is the Salem witch trials were, I forget the exact year, but it's somewhere in the late 1600s. And so we had witch trials going on for like 400 fucking years. Over 300,000 dead. Yeah, yeah. And some of them in these, like, crazy pockets of, like, 700 dead. Like, just fucking insane. Um, But the other two words, pagan and heathen, um, a heathen, um, God, I always get this a little bit wrong. I confuse these two of them. But but pagan and heathen, one of them means someone who lives in the villages, and one of them means someone who lives, yeah, yeah, pagan is someone who lives in the villages, because heathen comes from the heath. 
So pagans come from the villages, so they're people that might have something in common with you, but ultimately are no-nos, which is, you know, like the people, uh, the, the pagans in Rome, the, the non-believers who you're able to kind of convert, which is why we have uh, people like the, actually, most often I think when we think of pagans, we think of like Scandinavian tribes and like druids and stuff, which yeah. are in fact pretty correctly named pagans because they started converting like the 8th to 12th century and so they were very early converts to christianity and thereby you know if they're around people who don't believe in it people who are like worshiping odin and things like that it's because you know they're just a hanger you know they're hanging on while their neighbors who become christians and then there's the heathens the heathens in the woods the people who are way out there who you totally disagree and heathens are never going to be the people until we start integrating them who are accused of witchcraft because they're too far away you don't care yeah right and then you start using them as things like slaves and then the heathen religions become a real fucking problem yeah oh can i get a op oh. Oh. <laughs> and i mean you like like you were saying i'm more familiar with santeria uh pretty much everything that i know about voodoo or hoodoo is something that i've heard like secondhand through a documentary somewhere right um but what i do know about santeria and i assumed that it was uh, more common throughout them is that you have this interesting blending um due to trying to hide things but also just this like the the organic movement of culture um using uh, christian saints in order to represent uh deities from your homeland right mm. Yeah, it's a, it's so, a, it's remnants of leftover things that they were worshiping at some point right. that got transitioned into saints that they could no longer show anymore because of the colonialism that happened that right. brought in that Christianity, which is now like pretty dominant in the religion in South and Latin America, which is going to be like Catholicism. Christianity is going to yep. be like what dominates. And so then you have pockets of people who believe in these certain things. And Catholicism is already like, if you fucking think about it, Catholicism's witchcraft, guys. It's oh, total really witchcraft. Is. Yeah. You're, you're doing Just the whole ceremony, you're everything. Thing you're doing yeah i was about to say i remember back when i was That's younger and fun. i was actually like going to church and we always had like weird things that we would do we would have to like sing songs and they'd like proceed out and read this book and we had to drink the wine and eat the bread and then learning about wiccan and pagan ceremonies there's like they're exactly they're doing the same. everything in it <laughs> it's just sort of a different like thing that you are calling out to when you're doing these ceremonies on one hand you have the catholics who are calling out to their god or whatever and then you have the pagans who might be calling out to multiple gods yeah right. it's, it's kind of wild to me that they still will come out and have uh, like the incense burning yeah in the, in the i forget what it's called but the the, <laughs> the thing they wave around and they're like right, bringing, the censor. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. they keep doing that and that's like part of the whole thing in addition to this this symbolic presence of taking something in which right. is right. supposed to mean something else. And it's like mm -hmm. blood and body and flesh. So it's yeah. like, this right. is, this is like kind of significant. The parallels between the two of them make it a lot easier for people to convert. Because yeah. a lot of people right. used to worship in this way for a long time. That's a good and, point. And then here comes Christianity and Catholicism. And they do it similarly. So people are like, okay, you know, this is kind of the same. I guess I can get with it. It's also important to realize that Protestant is, and I'm not, a Richard Dawkins guy, okay? <laughs> and I respect a lot of the theological work that's been constructed around this. I think it's very interesting, especially around free will, pretty much only around free will. But Protestants, your theology fucking sucks. It doesn't, it's, it's unnuanced, it's broken, it ignores so much shit from the past because people like Jews who fucking have a 
dope theology and Catholics <laughs> who were fucking crazy recognize, at least some Catholics, maybe uh, probably a lot of modern Catholics don't, but they, they don't actually look at the world as having one God. Yeah. They fucking don't. If you look at the Bible, if you look at a lot of the, you know, the, the texts around this, uh, you know, Gnostic or Catholic or Jewish or, or, or fucking anything that isn't, you know, your, your loot fisk eating, uh, whatever. And I'm going to make slurs for Protestants, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm very Do frustrated it. with them. Uh, Do it. I'll just call them loot fisks. Uh, but um, <laughs> it's, they recognize that there are other gods, right? But that their God is the best one. And so mm. that's where there's this interesting bleed between the heathens uh, and the Catholics. And then also makes it so that, I mean, I mean, even if Catholics only believe in one God, they believe in so many fucking saints. Like, yeah, that's that how was, you have. Yeah, these, that was yeah. another right. thing, too. Archangels. Yeah. Arch right. Yes. And Christ himself is deified, but he's not God. Oh, you know, we, we should call not... it the Christian religion. Yeah. We, we, after we can't Christ. try to sort out the Trinity tonight. <laughs> there have been... There's been too many wars fought over that. Uh, there's, uh, there's been an idea offered that the reason why they came uh, into the idea of this sainthood was that so that there was something that people could strive towards and an achievable goal that you could get within the church, uh, aka an incentive for you to follow this religion and do quote-unquote good things. And so this was something they brought in. Also, they would put people into sainthood that belonged to a certain area of peoples that they then would indoctrinate into their belief system to be like, hey, we like that guy too. He's a saint now. So you guys want to be a part of what we're doing it's also convenient that saints are made saints generally speaking not After always they're dead when they're martyred right? yes so not yeah. just exactly. dead but die violently yes. yeah and so how many maybe it's never happened maybe not i think it's happened a lot but uh what if someone that was really a pain in your fucking ass as a catholic clergyman ended up having to be chopped into a thousand pieces and thrown into a gutter Convenient. Um, what if you just decided to say he was on your team the whole time? Yeah, you could easily do something right? like that. Mm -hmm. um, by the way, caveat, uh, not even a caveat, but just a, a tangent, because I love this, and I just taught a couple classes on it, but um, St. Sebastian. Do you guys know about St. Sebastian? A little bit. Hilarious story. <laughs> Very funny. So this, this motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> yes. He gets tied to a tree. And filled with a shit ton of arrows and doesn't die. They pull him off the tree and they're like, I guess we just can't kill him, which seems like a weird thing to do. And they let him loose. He then starts harassing the people that were shooting arrows at him. And then they beat him to death and throw him in a gutter. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing. Damn. And so, so he, but, but the way that we remember St. Sebastian is we remember him as the guy that's tied to a tree full of arrows and not dying. We don't remember him as the guy that got hit a couple times in the face and then got soaked in shit. And so that's a really interesting way of like looking back on the way that these things are all historicized, right? That's so the thing He's also used a lot by the gay community. Yeah. Genuinely. Like uh Yukio Mishima, fucking he apparently busted his first nut to him. <laughs> oh my uh, God. There, there, Sick. there are a couple like uh really naughty films uh about Saint Sebastian, uh, a bunch of dicks flopping around, like for some reason, this is, or at least was for a period in the 20th century, just fucking horny town for a section. Of, <laughs> I have no idea. Of, <laughs> this is the of, first of I'm hearing guys. of it. <laughs> Which rules, honestly. And I wish that heterosexuals were less boring. But <laughs> Honestly? <laughs> well, 
I wanted to bring up that, uh, like you guys said about the uh, Protestant religions, they they were able to traverse from paganism to these Protestant religions because they're very similar. Nowadays, we're seeing that pushback and the re the reform of the paganism because it looks so much like Christianity. It's basically the same thing. So it's we're seeing a, a recall, yeah. a recall back to the original form, which is interesting because you you probably have met a couple modern day witches if you live in the 21st century, whether you knew it or you walk past them, they're they're very easy to identify. But the thing is, there is a resurgence happening, and they're using the same implications from prior to now return to originality. Or yeah, I. I definitely see a lot of reasons for that. One is just the political climate with the rise, once again, rise of feminist ideologies, as well as racial equality and the moving away from the church. And then there's also the aspect of technology, which we had mentioned a little bit earlier. But I think a lot of this uh, knowledge was lost on people and was made unavailable. And people that did know this had to be really quiet about it or else they would get persecuted, you know? But now we have people coming out on all sorts of social media platforms, making their own websites, sharing this knowledge, and now we see this resurgence happening. The internet has basically made this a goldmine for all these areas and pockets within the world to practice this sort of craft and, and connect with other people. Yeah. Who are well, they've made it, it difficult to consolidate a large amount of people and give them limited knowledge. That's really like one of the biggest things that's happened now is that we have so much available to us that it's very hard to condense people into like this one group of people who believe one thing because it's going to break off and everybody's going to know a lot more things now. So well-informed. I mean, again, a reminder that outside of the colonial setting, which I feel like is aberrant, um, but extremely interesting and worth considering, obviously, um, the, the general rule of thumb for being accused of being a witch means that you are in on the information. Yeah. So it's it's a weird setup where it, I mean, we, we could view this, I mean, everything is a weird, like, postmodern power dynamic of, like, knowledge and how it flows and who it belongs to and all that stuff. But but it's, it's really interesting to me that you have to be in on the joke, generally speaking, up until a certain point to be accused of witchcraft. Like, generally speaking, the person that's going to be le least commonly called out for being a witch is the person that's a witch. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, actually, it, it, here's a kind of fun one. One of the fun one, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but there was there was a, a witch trial in Moravia, uh, and this went on for eight decades, like an entire human lifetime. If we're today, so like you know, a lot of people lived and died, even if they weren't witches, um, during this period. But the reason it occurred is because an altar boy saw a little girl hide her communion wafer in her book and when she was uh when she was accused of taking it and being a fucking weirdo um she ended up saying the wrong thing and mm -hmm. she said that the reason she took it was because she was made to believe that if she fed it to her friend's cow in a form of witchcraft that the Ooh. cow's milk production would increase and so that's a really weird blending of witchcraft into just fucking Catholicism. Like, why would God's wafers not do a magical thing for someone? Mm -hmm. And is that not a belief in God? Like, that's such a bizarre thing. And so that's a really fun example of how all of this stuff really becomes ambiguous in the middle and why it's possible for you to be 
both a witch and a person that believes very strongly in all of this stuff. Um, also, later on in that, it's uh, pretty dreadful. I believe it's that one. Um, if it wasn't, then I'll, you know, it's, it's one of these. But uh, there were two, uh, two children that were used who would stand by the church and note uh, a spectral marking, is what they would call it. Spectral marking is this just like a halo or something that would occur that children could see that oh, would represent yeah, that I remember, this I remember hearing about this. Or sometimes because the devil had to borrow your body, again, because of free will, uh, sometimes you would appear in the room uh, as like a ghost or something. Isn't this what but, influenced like for it to appear then on like certain paintings? Like it suddenly yeah. became a thing to have the bit around their Well, head. that's a lot older. Or is too, that older? But yeah, that's like, that's from like Byzantium. Oh, fuck. Um, <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, there, there is some like artistic precedent for gotcha. including this kind of thing as well. Um, but the, so, so these children could essentially just point to anyone and say, ah, I see the fucking weird thing. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And so, um, two of these kids <laughs> eventually ended up accusing someone important. Yeah. I think it was like the priest's. I don't know. Someone in the priest's family or, or something <laughs> Someone like they, they weren't supposed to. <laughs> yeah. And guess what happened? <laughs> they killed the kid. No, yep. I'd, I'd... Both oh, for real? Oh, I was just kidding. Oh, no. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Both of the kids were found with her throat slit. Yeah. No one knows who. Oh, my God. Uh, no one but, knows who. Yeah. So, so again... He was like, that's not the right answer. <laughs> You're like, oh, God. So, sorry to be cynical about it, but people who started witch trials knew that there are no witches. Oh, yeah, you for know? sure. Um, yeah, and people that. that were killing one another for, uh, for being witches, most of them probably didn't think there were witches either. Yeah. You know? Uh, some of them, I'm sure, because people will believe fucking anything, and it's not just because people got were dumb and they got yeah. smarter. But you know, there are people that believe all sorts of stupid fucking things now. I'm sure <laughs> you can't imagine anything, uh, but yeah. You know. From the way that you're describing everything, then it makes me think how, uh, because of the way we've described it, it sort of had a like similar origin points so like you had this is kind of like the bulk of where this idea sort of began and then it sort of rippled out from there uh as a part of colonialism like things that happened with it so like most of the other areas you can think of in the world where this also happened where there was witch trials or there was prosecution of the peoples who lived there it's going to be in places in africa places in south america and places in north america with the indigenous peoples who live there so then you, you with the the next step of what would happen then is because there eventually did stop in europe and in certain places where it wasn't as prevalent they then went to places where it was much easier to do it and so in this case it would be colonial places that they thought were like well all these people are savages they're all heretics basically and they continue that in a different place because under the like the idea that they're like oh well they're not letting me practice my religion and so they went somewhere else and right. took people with them which is how the slave trade happened and they're like we need to bring people here and show them that we're able to take over and God told me I can do it. And then you have modern interpretations of like manifest destiny and shit. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's also, there's a subtler version of that same thing occurring, which is really fascinating. And so on the Benzo rehab dungeon, we did an episode on accelerationism. Yeah. Uh, And one of the big things that I wanted to make extremely clear in that is that when an economic crisis occurs somewhere or when an economic boom occurs somewhere, which almost always follows a crisis or is followed by a crisis rather, um, it doesn't just repair itself and go away. It moves all over the fucking yeah. world. It spirals around. It ripples. It just fucking moves until it works itself out, uh, which maybe it never works itself out. 
right? Hmm. And so, like, the 2008 crash is still occurring somewhere in the world. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and so I think, and this is kind of a wishy-washy theory, but I think the same type of thing occurred with the witch trials, right? Where this type of ripple, and it, uh, at bottom, it is an economic phenomenon. Yeah. Right. And so this ripple occurred somewhere and it kind of moved and changed into different types of things. And even if, the, if in the end, they're not necessarily calling one another witches, even if the terminology changed, still that process of selling out your brother certainly never went away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or your sister. Just found I mean, different methods of doing these sort of things, things that they were doing prior to this in different ways that didn't include this, but could have been something that they were doing in certain politics, like when they had people just murdering each other quietly in a different places. They then had a, like we mentioned earlier, another way they could do these certain things. Well, yeah. And so that this then feeds into the ideology of certain people's like uh they're not witches anymore dude they're communists are yeah you, is your neighbor yeah. communist yeah you, you, you had <laughs> something like that yeah so it's like then it, that's just like yeah that was just straight fear mongering of like yes you you have to be afraid of these people because of what they believe in and then it was easy to do it with a, a certain amount of media coverage that was only available to certain people and so you then funneled everything into the tv because <laughs> I mean, the tv had like come out on you know during a certain time period and they're like the, how do we feed people information that isn't just the radio right <laughs> i i think it's I, I think it's insightful especially when we've kind of come upon this idea of you know the best witches uh in accusation are people that feel similarly to you uh and yet still somewhat different uh, I would say that the modern day witches, I mean, you could say it's like gay people or like anyone trying to get into abortion, but like that's kind of like a consistent thing that's been going on for forever, right? Uh, but I would say that our current day witches are Muslims, hmm. right? Because they think something similarly. They have this weird culture where like if, if they walk by a pig, they explode, like is what like my fucking uncle thinks that doesn't exist. But, you know, <laughs> no, 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 like, like, but you've, you've, you've talked to these like right wing kind yes. of extreme people that are like, I coat my bullets and bacon. Oh, gotcha. Please. Okay. Right. I, I get what you're um, saying. Yeah. They, they have a, a certain idea of what they think. They treat them like vampires. Yes. There's, right. There's a, because there's an they're ID. witches. Yeah. Because Muslims are witches. In this case. Muslims yeah. are witches. <laughs> It's like it's like how we were mentioning earlier where these people have chosen to only take their information from a certain place, which is what people... Well, at the time, people didn't really have much choice to be like, well, I'm only getting info from this one person. But in this case, they're now narrowing their view to this one thing, and so that creates this... It makes them easier to be able to change their minds about right. things. And the, so then you have the like extreme far-right version of just like, what are you thinking about other people outside of the United States? And they don't know anything about anybody right, outside right. the United States. I mean, it's it's it's... Like, if you ever talk to a QAnon person, um, <laughs> I'm <hard>. not. <laughs> Many. Oh, my God. I know a lot of them I'm in my so family and, oh, no. and otherwise. Uh, for some reason, a lot of people that are into, like, weird philosophy and theory are also fucking nuts uh, <laughs> in different ways than I am. Um, but they're not. It's, it's such a weird phenomenon because they're not just fucking dumbasses. They say some extremely stupid things. But they are hyper literate yeah. in one thing that is extraordinarily wrong. <laughs> yes, right? Yes, just exactly. like with the witchcraft. And yes. just like with like if you talk to a Catholic priest that doesn't think that fucking like bacteria exists and you're like, you Yo. have to be the dumbest person I've ever talked to in my life, and then they blow your mind with like a thirty minute rant about yes. the fucking Trinity, and it's like, Okay, no, you're not dumb. Your brain is just in a different yes. universe. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So, Definitely. Yeah. A different whole worldview with right. those kind of people. <laughs> I feel like that's happened to a lot of people I know because I knew a lot of people went to uh, the Catholic high school and and 
preschool, middle school and all of that. And they would usually have very good life advice when it came to like uh, legitimately being nice to other people. But then they'd be like, yeah, but like gay people don't exist. And then you're like, what? <laughs> you just gave me all this good info. And then you just say some bullshit like that. Like, what are you talking about? It's this inherent hypocrisy. Yeah, in which the is so weird. For sure, because a lot of these like you're like pagan and like your heathens and whatnot had their own ideas for fostering community. And a lot of them, like like we've already mentioned, uh, line up a lot with these other like we have these other ideals too. So it's like some of them, some of the ideas are good, some are also bad, but they're not really too far off from being very similar to each other. Agreed. Me, I yeah, I I want to hear about some modern day practice. Modern day practice, or just like you know, like w- where we're headed towards, like with with witchcraft in the twenty. 20- 20s i guess uh or just like like i mean it's hard to say i think at this point we're coming to a great point of like diversity within the craft because the resurgence of witchcraft in modern day happened around like the 60s and that was specifically with wicca i I forget his name it's something like buckland or backland or something like that but he published a book essentially sharing his knowledge he had on witchcraft which is a lot of it is appropriation but you know it's all the people had at the time but at this point we're coming to an era where so much information is readily available to everybody that they're sort of rediscovering the way witchcraft has been presented throughout many cultures and like that's the interesting thing about witchcraft is that it's not just existing in one certain area it's across every continent every religion has some aspect of witchcraft involved with it whether you call it that or not is besides the point but it's still there one of one of the interesting things about you know witchcraft or wicca or you know paganism and those other things is that unlike unlike these other like doctrines and you know christianity catholicism etc um they don't necessarily have the one correct way that you do things yeah there's you it's very much up to the individual yeah definitely i think the biggest aspect of any sort of spellcraft or witchcraft is intention like the way you do things is sort of like it's you're you're given a blueprint blueprint depending on what sort of culture you're involved with whether it's paganism or wiccanism or luciferianism santeria doesn't really matter there's some sort of blueprint there involved with the culture but at the same time the way you do things is completely up to you and it's whatever really fits with you right because the biggest aspect of witchcraft is manifesting your intentions into reality and the way you manifest your intentions is through yourself obviously so the best way to do it is the way you want to do it you know and that's like sort of how it existed prior to a lot of persecution was people yeah. were doing exactly that. And you have you have a lot of uh, written down history of people doing that and then it getting changed into, well, what does it become in this century of, well, I think this person is a witch because of my ideology has suddenly changed. And then now we have a sort of resurgence of it because we're now able to go back and look at these things because we have such huge archives of information that now we're having, a, a I think, a really good discovery of things that were once thought of as like a good thing and then something that got subverted and turned into something. And a lot of the basis of witchcraft is giving power to the individual and power to the people as a whole, which is definitely a big conversation topic amongst everything that we have going on right now, whether it's political, sociological, economical, is bringing power back to the people, which is what witchcraft does. It puts power on the person themselves. That's probably why governments and other people like that are very scared of it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think that's 100% true. I, I would say that one of the defining factors of witchcraft is that it's necessarily qualitative, mm-hmm. uh, qualitative rather. 
rather than quantitative, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, whereas, you know, something like if you think about the fucking Catholic Church, one of the first things you think about is like a certain form of like mathematics, be it either financi financial fiduciary or like, you know, having to do with exactly how your building is built. Um, like all of it becomes ex extremely quantitative. Um, and so witchcraft is actually really well suited for uh, the modern kind of or postmodern era, the contemporary era, because of the fact that we're more and more atomized and more and more encouraged to being uh, qualitative while still being uh, forced into these really awful toxic environments that are like algorithmically induced or otherwise that are inherently quantitative, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that um, witchcraft is actually a really good way to um, rebel in a very small way, right? Uh, I Absolutely. mean, it's, it's not opening a soup kitchen, but you could have a witch soup kitchen, you know, like very easily. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but what, one of the big movements, so a lot of my, the information that I used for this is from Silvia Federici, mm -hmm. um, who is a, a huge feminist scholar still alive, um, and fantastic. But in the 1970s, she was start, she was part of a, a feminist movement called wages for housework and wages for housework was functionally saying exactly what it sounds like. But it wasn't even necessarily demanding that, right? It was simply trying to bring into the common consideration that the only reason that we're able to have the type of uh, capitalistic economy that we have is because there's someone else doing unpaid labor somewhere else, right? Absolutely. Same way that slavery function, right? And yeah. so it's just like, well, now we it's have redefined. women who are doing... Right, right. And it's like, you don't beat your slit. Oh, you do beat your white. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> it doesn't work. Yes, exactly um, that. So the transition's very clean. Uh, but, um, but yeah, so I, I needed to give her credit. Uh, but also, yeah, I mean, this is something that is a political movement and is very much alive. Was, like you said, 60s and 70s, hugely alive um, in kind of the political scene. But um, is still very much part of like a lot of... Uh, anarchist uh, primarily movements, certainly some communist stuff, but communists tend to be a little bit more uh, quantitative. Uh, they care about numbers a lot, which is good, which is good. God bless you, communists. Uh, but uh, please just, when you finally win, don't put me against the wall uh, like you usually do. Uh, <laughs> they love anarchists. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, so the last thing I wanted to say uh, really was bringing back to this linguistic point, uh, which isn't me shutting down. The, I, I, that's not up to me. I don't. I'm not. See, the boss now we're here. pretty much there. <laughs> cool. I felt like we've been. Going we're for we're a gonna while. have to. Okay. We're gonna have to uh, get to a moment where we're gonna cut it, but then we're right. going to eventually talk about where it goes. So okay. other parts of the world that it'll kind of, uh, like you said, it changes forms right. and then takes on a new meaning in a different place. And sure, so sure. these places are going to be then like South America, North America, and then like Africa would probably be the biggest one. Of right. Like where there's certain places where things are going to happen, that sort of echo would happen in Europe. Yep. And then it's going to be almost with the same people too, because these people left Europe to these places and then did the same thing over and over again. Right. Just like how after World War II, a lot of the Nazis went to certain Places. Yeah, certain America, South American South countries. Yeah, that's why or, you. Or to NASA. You that's what, what up, NASA? Oh my God, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they went and did some projects, made a fucking nuke. Anyway, right. but so so this is this is kind of it starts off as a fun fact, but then I hope it becomes something that I I, I think people will consider in a, a deeper way. But the Battle of Hastings around a uh, thousand uh, AD, 
Uh, I should know the exact date. I think it's 1036 or something. Maybe that's right. Maybe I shouldn't have shat on myself. Um, <laughs> but, um, but the Battle of Hastings occurs, and we have a blending of languages that then goes on to produce something like English. And the example that people generally give of this when they're teaching a class or giving you know, their fun facts at a party where everyone hates them because they're talking about English um, <laughs> is that... I'm guessing you've been that dude before. So many times. The last party I went to, I talked about Hegel. Like, I'm a bad person oh, to be around. I'm uh, a bad person. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, this is uh, me right now. This is me at a party. Uh, oh, my gosh. But um, when, um, when the Battle of Hastings occurred, we had a splitting as well as a combining, because we had people who spoke something kind of like a Proto-French or Latin or, or post-Latin, and then a people who s essentially spoke some version of German. And we blended these things together, and uh, some of these people had money and power and clerical positions, and they were still speaking something more like French. And so the example, and then the, the people working for them spoke something like German. And so the example that you always see is something like, well, pole, poultry, French base, it's the, the, the birds that you eat, whereas chicken, uh, you know, comes from, uh, or hens, rather, that's closer to the German, hun, uh, comes from the German. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Boeuf for beef uh, versus uh, cow, coo, uh, swine uh, versus pork. You know, all of these things occur because there is a delineation where the rich only care about it when it's food and the people who are serving uh, care about it when it's an animal because that's part of their labor. But one that no one ever brings up for some reason uh, is the split between grammar and glamour, which you don't think is being connected at fucking all. But they both come around to this concept of spelling, right? So both of them reconnect in this idea of magic later, but grammar becomes rules that you need to live by. Grammar is exactly how you say something. You can't say it any other way. You live in a world full of rules. Glamour becomes, this is how you make things beautiful. Because that's the only real rule you need to live by. There are no other rules. You just need to be aesthetically pleasing to people around you. <laughs> right? You need to be glamorous. And they both come back with this concept of spelling, which applies to both of them, where you can be spell-binding. You can cast spells and control things in a qualitative way. Or you can spell your fucking words correctly, you prole. Um, <laughs> because it's, in fact, your job to cast spells in a specific way. And so both of them come back to a form of magic. And I would say that there are certain fantasies of magic that exist contemporaneously, like the Harry Potter fantasy, which is essentially the hyper-neoliberal fantasy. And I will shit on Harry <laughs> Potter every time I come on here. But it's the hyper-neoliberal fantasy. None of us like Harry that Potter. You, that you get invited hey, I into, like Harry Potter. You I get invited like into a really nice university. And then you do really well at that university because you yourself are special. And then you beat the Dark Lord, and there's an economy based around this, and everything is ultimately tied to meritocracy <laughs> and finance. Yes, And there are true. people around that are just shitty, and you'll always be better than them because they're muggles or whatever the fuck slur you want to use. Um, <laughs> versus this other qualitative fantasy about uh, how magic works, where people function in different ways. And people accomplish their daily lives and survive in a way that is necessary for their survival without producing some kind of cruel optimism or some kind of fantasy of an idealized world or idealized self where they have a nice car and all of these things like the uh, the secret witchcraft, which is still witchcraft, right? 
the, the secret. You guys remember that? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I totally forgot so, about that, but that was a thing for a while. Right. So that's Harry Potter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Also getting your mail delivered by like the slowest bird. And you have magic. So many. It's it's hilarious shit. when they started poking holes and everything and being like, wait, why is it built like this? <laughs> Who like? And then she keeps giving us more and more information we don't need to know about the universe, and it just makes it weirder and weirder every time. And I'm like, oh, okay. There are no logistics yeah. in Harry Potter. <laughs> we've somehow we've somehow digressed into uh, what we hate about Harry Potter, which is funny to me. <laughs> Thank you, Dorian. <laughs> because of yeah, because of a word association, I think at some point but it's because it changes meaning a lot of the time i think well i like that you bring up like you know we have that hyper neoliberal like fantasies kind of thing <laughs> but also you have the just the general people who use like magic to better their lives or just go about their daily lives i think that's like a thing with the practicing witch it's just they're gonna be doing their dailies they're gonna be doing their rituals when they can when they want to prosper, they will try to sway or manifest that energy so they can because they care about themselves. People generally care about themselves mm-hmm. and they want to be better than what they usually are. Yeah. In a lot of cases, what witchcraft comes down to is the gaining of knowledge. And this knowledge in turn is then used to benefit you throughout your daily life. Like um, something I summoned or i guess tried to manifest was wealth knowledge in order to get a better job have better control over my finances and like it's working you know it's Hell going yeah. in a certain direction to bring back to dorian's point about uh grammar or glamour that shit's bussin bussin <laughs> oh my god yeah i never thought i'd hear you use that word <laughs> i've said it before and this is a humble brag but I have <laughs> two degrees of which I got Latin honors for both at the two best English departments in the world. Snaps all around. Yeah, so he's not just talking out of his ass. Reason, <laughs> the reason I did that is to shit on people that care too fucking much about grammar. Because you're wrong. Prescriptive <laughs> yes. grammar is dumb. Go away. Grammar's just made up anyways. <laughs> Words mouth, are made up. Mouth Grammar noises. ain't a thing. Uh, <laughs> mouth noises. That shit busted. <laughs> God damn mouth it. Mouth noises. We should all just grunt at each other oh, all the time. Man. Instead. Oof, that's yeah. not what we do already. I mean, that's hour. all I hear, so. Yeah. <laughs> so, final thoughts, final thoughts, final thoughts. Yeah, I'm going to give this piece like a, a nine. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I give this piece a fiction. <laughs> I give it like a 9.5. Yeah, yeah. I definitely agree with Justine on her Yeah, point. it was a That's solid true. effort. <laughs> it's a solid effort. Oh, my God. Well, okay, how about this? How about you tell the viewers if they're interested viewers. in... Yeah, listeners and viewers. Who's yeah. viewing us? <laughs> Dude, I, 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 set, I set up a secret camera in here. Surprise. Whoa. Well, if they want to get started into that kind of realm, or if they want to like start trying to practice that, what would be a good starting point for them? Uh, I would say just know yourself first and foremost, because every path you can go down for any sort of witchcraft or spellcraft is very different, you know? There's definitely different categories, as we talked about earlier, of types of witches. You have seers, you have conjurers, you have medicine workers, you have ancestor workers. So just figure out what appeals to you the best, because the things that appeal to you are the most powerful. They get the most energy out of them. And then steal your neighbor's dick. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought we weren't going to mention it again because we mentioned it once and never went back. But that's a hilarious <laughs> story that these dudes were like, they just fucking stole my dick in the middle of the night. And you're like, what are you talking about? Can you imagine going to, dick. can you imagine a full grown man comes to you and tells you that his dick got stolen in the middle of the night? And you're like, what? <laughs> what? How what are you, are you, are you on drugs? Like, what are you talking about? That's just syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh, shit. Guys. <laughs> He didn't have his blue chew. We are no, oh, no. we've gone full circle. Uh. Sponsor us, please. <laughs> I I think I think Justine's absolutely right yes. on this one when it comes to any of these like looking or, or pagan beliefs or anything like that, is that you should absolutely find whatever, you know, array of deities or lack thereof. Yeah. And then whichever one meshes best with you, obviously do not take it to a point of like ethnic superiority yeah. it's not oh, okay for anybody another um, thing i would recommend is not to subscribe to any one thing i right. personally find myself working in many pantheons of deities and taking little bits from every religion just the things that make sense to me ultimately your craft should be very personal to you just because you d you choose to identify as a pagan or whatever you want to follow doesn't mean you have to completely subscribe to every ideology and every method and practice that they do do what feels right to you because that's where the strongest magic comes from it's also no surprise that we are having a resurgence of these ideologies in a time here in the United States where we're basically living in a capitalist nightmare. And it's like a like basically echoing of what might have happened elsewhere. And so we then have what we talked about earlier, where it's just reemerging in different forms and then taking on new meaning for a lot of people. So at this point now, yes, it, it ends up making sense that people are having a rediscovery of certain uh, ideals and knowledge that's been kind of progressing us in a, in a certain direction. I would say as someone that doesn't commit himself to witchcraft, but is intrigued by a lot of the kind of surrounding uh, information and kind of various forms of, uh, you know, kind of lifestyle modification would be that uh, uh, the best things in witchcraft that I myself have seen uh, and understand that fit in with my own kind of worldview are simply that we need to, in this space where we're so obsessed with everything being quantified everything being controlled by algorithms everything having to make absolute sense and us all needing to have some kind of uh, exemplative and extraordinary lives that the most important things to do for your own life to just to feel a little bit happier or to rebel you know are to just consider the qualitative the subjective experiences of your own life and the way that everyone's lives are different and to appreciate the ordinary, which I think are both two things that are huge in, you know, witching or whatnot. I'm, I just got tired of the word witchcraft. But, you know, like, grow a fucking time plant. <laughs> you know, that seems like witchcraft to me, and that fucking Chaos rules. Magic. You know? <laughs> yeah, just do it. Have some basil. Have a little garden. Cook some food. Feed it to your neighbor. You know, witchcraft. I also yeah. cannot get over the idea of someone just kind of casually gardening. And then someone comes over and they're like, what is that? What are you growing? Yeah. And they're like, what? It's, it's, it's an herb. Well, it's what, what kind of herb is it? And they're like, they're trying to explain to them that it's just like for some cooking. And they're like, which? And then like this, the whole thing happens right from that point. It's, and you're like, oh, God. It's good for your blood pressure. You can control blood? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then it turns into something awful like that. I'm just like, God, this the, it's like it, it ends up being comical and then really dark. <laughs> you're well, just like, oh, no, the people are really doing this off of something well, to, that simple. To hark back what to, uh, Dorian said about having just basically like uh, we're in a, a time in our lives where algorithms are prevalent. Everything has to have an answer. We need the answer at the touch of a button. 
I think it's good for people to somewhat return to monkey and just like sit and ponder monkey. and just not have an answer and just think about uh, things. Yes, yeah, and that's true. a big thing when you're going into the craft is sometimes you won't have an answer for something and sometimes things just don't make sense and that's okay. Yeah. Sometimes things really have no meaning. You don't have to find meaning in everything. Just sit, sit outside and just think with yourself for yeah. a yeah. Honestly. <laughs> yeah, especially after being inside this if whole If y'all time. haven't touched grass in a while, you really should. Yeah, go to the park. If you're li- good yeah, if you're listening right now, go to a park. <laughs> take your shoes off yes. and your socks and just feel that fucking grass. Fuck yeah. That shit's wholesome and it's bussin'. <laughs> I was about to say it's <laughs> fucking oh bussin'. Just go to your, your nearest park and just start free bleeding everywhere. Yeah, I was going to say get naked, start a fire, start dancing around the tree. You'll be fine. Um, hey, it's really fun and like stress relieving. You should try it. Yeah. I imagine it is. I'm just snail trailing my apartment all the time. I don't even live in an apartment. <laughs> oh but- my god. <laughs> That's a pre-cum joke. Um, Whoa. <laughs> I was wondering if anyone else got it. I was like, oh, I don't God. have a dick, so like I can't really. I don't know these secret men jokes. Fuck. All right, then we've come to the end of this episode, at least. But we're gonna keep talking about it because there's so much stuff to talk about, and this is like the smallest bit of whatever has happened in history. Possibly part two, maybe in the possible future. Yes, I would say so. Because y'all, we never got out of Europe. I'm just saying. That's yeah, true. that's why. Yeah, that's why we gotta have multiple parts because you can't just do everything in one go. Agreed. Uh, I would. I would say, uh, you know, we, we we did plan on doing two or three of these. Um, I mean, not at first, but then you know we we've been moving around a lot, so doing a second one would, would be good. I'd be happy for you to bring me on. Um, <laughs> also, it's always a pleasure to come on here. Yes. It's really really fun. And uh, if I were to uh, kind of summarize the last three episodes as a lesson for people, I would say that uh, everyone is constantly informed by their past experiences, uh, and you need to consider that everyone's experiences are different from yours, and yes. that the only way to fight Roko's Basilisk and the simulation we are stuck in is to appreciate the ordinary day and become <laughs> a warlock! <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> It is everyone's divine right to be a fucking warlock. I'm just saying. Nice. I'm just saying. The best thing that you can do, and we're one of one of the best things you can do, is also you know just re- like respect your like your little community that you have around you, your friends and whatnot. Make sure that they're doing okay, you know, and do these. And if you're going to you know engage in these, I don't know, at, at like spellcraft and whatnot, uh, it, you know, your intention, like like Justine was saying, is incredibly important, and you know that. I guess positivity or at least that willingness to help others is very, very important. And if you're not helping others, make sure it's for a good reason. True. Yeah. Very true. Everything comes back to you. It, it Three really times. does. Yeah. Even bad things. But like if your intention is there, if it's for some sort of benefit, you're going to receive that benefit back. Don't let anyone tell you that you can't hex somebody because you should absolutely hex the <laughs> motherfucker. I'm just saying. Yeah. He deserved it. He it's, fucking deserved it. It's just so important to have boundaries. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know? You know? Oh, my God. All right. We're walking out. We're walking out. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> Wait, let me get my shoes. Yes. I got to get my coat. Every gather up. I'll, I'll walk you guys out. Yes, yeah. go for yeah. it. A sec. So if, if, if I may give some final pitches uh, for oh, uh, things I have occurring. Uh, check out, again, the Benzo Rehab Dungeon. You can find that on Instagram, uh, as well as everywhere your favorite podcasts are uh, played. I almost said sold. Streamed? Uh, streamed. <laughs> um, 
Also, I have a meme page that is entirely incomprehensible to even people that do study theory. Uh, that is Dank Delos. I uh, fucking love that page. <laughs> so outrageous. I love those things. Um, and uh, that's also on Instagram and Facebook. But, you know, I don't really post on Facebook, so leave it alone. Let it die. Yeah, Facebook, Facebook is know, dying. I've been, the one who still I've, I've been recently Facebook. told by many a people that I'm old and that Facebook is dead. And that that's, it's yeah. more proof that I'm hitting 30 and over. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, I'm in a different age bracket. If like, you use Facebook, <laughs> you don't think COVID's real. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and my my uh my last I, I have I just have so much stuff going on. Um, but uh, the last couple things would be that I do run a theory uh, and writing workshop that happens every week uh, on Saturdays, 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. PST. You can find us uh, either through that Instagram page or on Patreon. It's Patreon.com/truncata. Trincata. Um, it's um. Uh, yeah, beautiful community that we've built up. Uh, also, if you can't afford it, uh, then just reach out to me and I will let you in for free. I do not care. Um, and the final thing, oh, well, we have an open workshop this week, but that's not, never mind. This, this won't be out by then uh, because it's tomorrow. Um, <laughs> and the last thing, if it is out before August 14th and 15th for an object with a K, uh, who has had some incredible theorists on and hosted me once before, uh, is putting on a memes and philosophy workshop titled How to Make Yourself a Wojak Without Organs. Uh, that's going to be three of us. Uh, some of my favorite internet people are going to be on there. We're going to teach you how to make memes. We're going to teach you uh, some delas, and we're not going to dumb it down. Uh, so <laughs> that'll be great. Um, again, 14th and 15th of August. And thank you so much for having me on. And listening to all of that shit. Thank you, Dorian. <laughs> uh, Thank grab, you. grab your coat. It's a little chilly outside. We're going to be walking out right quick. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode of Bringing Down the Grindhouse, a podcast where we discuss horror in media. You could check us out on all the streaming services wherever podcasts are played. We would also appreciate it if you check out our Patreon, where for $2 a month, you could subscribe and give us movies to recommend, as well as other pieces of horror media. Um, also check out our merch where we have our t-shirts and hats that is on our teespring. There's a link in the Instagram bio. And there's a new t-shirt design coming soon. New fucking t-shirts, yes. boys. It's pretty awesome. It's, yeah. the, it's the first piece of merchandise that has Justine on it as yeah. well. Because yeah. Because our old one did not I'm have the newest member. I'm finally a part of the podcast. <laughs> it's so, on a t-shirt It's now. so fucking cute. We, we I don't want to spoil it. Yes, yeah, don't yes. spoil it. I'm not going to spoil that shit, but it's fucking adorable. <laughs> so, Check it out. Yeah. Also, uh, we'd like to thank our current patrons. We got Sean. Yep. Yeah. Fuck yeah, Sean. We also got Raymond. Yeah. Eric. Um, Eric. And then we also have this uh, CK of horror. Cult of Knowledge Cinema. Cult of Knowledge Cinema. Also. Yeah. Yeah. That's super cool. (laughs) I I have no idea who that is, but thank you so much for doing that. It's awesome. Gonna try to get more uh, content on there, and uh, we appreciate your help as always. Uh, so yeah. Also, Blue Chew, please fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Our dicks are so soft. Yeah, I want a boner we pill to, to sponsor us. No, like, they're not boner pills. Shit. They're boner chewables, John. Uh, <laughs> uh, my yes. dick does just fine. All right. <laughs> they have female That's versions. Weird. I don't need a female. I, I, I literally just said my dick. Oh. Oh. Whoa. 
Walk us Whoa. out. Walk us out, Mitch. Walk right, us out. Right, we we got to go. We, we got to go. These are getting hairy. <laughs> All right. So um, I'm Mitch. I'm Burr. I'm Justine. I'm Jonathan. And I've been Dorian or Danko Subin. And reminder, vasodilation works on men and women. Thank you. Woo! <laughs>